0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Just Cincinnati Podcast. I'm Kyle Vath and I'm here with Stephen Byers. Hey Stephen, how's it going? Hello Kyle, I'm doing well. Thanks, You Doing great. You know, uh, today we have a an honored guest, uh, Rachel Baker, who is uh, running for school board at the Forest Hills uh, School District and uh, she has... Uh, some interesting stories to tell about her race already, and we're gonna talk about a lot of things going on in the school districts around our area and all over the country, really. And so, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: So, tell us a little bit about yourself, and I, I know we talked a little bit off the recording that you're also a nurse like myself, and, uh, you know, school boards are not always the most glamorous. Uh, sometimes, uh, even right now, especially, uh, school board candidates are under a lot of heat. It's in the news a lot. And uh, in Ohio, they don't get paid very much at all. It's it's not a, a huge paying um, position. So tell us a little bit about yourself and why would you want to do this?
1: <laughs> yes, this is the question I get asked a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah, my background, um, I have worked as a pediatric nurse for years, um, and now I'm in nursing administration. Um, Before I became a nurse, I worked as a pediatric social worker, um, and I've always volunteered. I've volunteered with ProKids as a court-appointed special advocate. Um, I've always worked either my profession or volunteering as an advocate for kids. So The school board was kind of a natural um, next step in my volunteer work. Um, And, you know, this last year, just seeing the um, tension and what's going on nationally, but then when it hit locally, I really felt called to serve and bring some of my skills to our school board. Um, And Forest Hills, like, probably a lot of places, a lot of the suburbs around the country, um, has really been under attack, um, you know, with decisions around COVID mitigation, um, with the idea that critical race theory is in schools. Um, Forest Hills, uh, has one of our high schools is Anderson High School and they recently changed their mascot. Um, so we've just had a lot of, of kind of high emotion, um, decisions and things going on and just seeing the, the tension in our community and, and targeted at our school boards and our teachers who are amazing people and are doing amazing work. I just really felt, um, felt called to step up and, and bring my skills to the board and see what I can do to help, um, help kind of bring our community together. I'm hoping. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, Stephen and I both have spouses who are educators, and I know this past couple of years have probably been the most challenging in education, um, in and in, in probably their professional, you know, lives, their professional careers. Um, so, what are some of the things that you hope to bring to the school board um, if you are elected?
1: Yeah. Um, so what you're what you're saying really is what what made me think about running. I have so many friends that are teachers, especially in our district, and seeing them step up in the middle of COVID, you know, especially at the beginning when it was really unknown. And um, our school district was almost entirely in person the whole time. And, you know, seeing teachers really take care of our kids, do teaching kids these, you know, mitigation <laughs> strategies and things we never thought we'd be doing. Um, and our teachers did amazing. And and I really wanted to help them. So my my background as a social worker and as a nurse, um, really, I a talent I think I have is bringing people together. Um, and in my volunteer work um, with kids that are in the middle of family disruption and that are at court um, looking at abuse and neglect kind of um, cases, I'm an advocate for the kids. So I work with their parents. I work with the court system, with JFS. Um, And so really what what a skill I think I bring is being able to bring together people with really different views, lots of emotion and passion, um, and help us all kind of play down the emotion for a second and find our common goals and where we all want the same thing. And then, you know, have those difficult conversations about how we can get there together um, and all working together versus against each other. And I just see these board meetings that are filled with strife and filled with, Anger, and if we can kind of settle the emotion a little bit and see what the fear is and what all of us want to work together with, which I hope is quality education for our kids, you know, can we get on the same page and can we really move the board forward in a positive way? Um, so I'm hoping that I can help with that and help our community a little bit. Um, you know, seeing what's happening nationally um, with school boards, you know, it it feels like far away. And then all of a sudden you see these things happening at your own school board with, you know, administrators and teachers that, you know, personally, it's, it's uh, pretty shocking. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know, you have had some specific situations, some challenges even in your, uh, your race, your board race, um, you know, that have come up and, and have been very difficult, very challenging. Maybe tell us a little bit about some of those Situations that have been challenging over the past couple of weeks and months.
1: Sure, um, that's probably the you know I kind of knew the high emotion and um, that was going on around this race and um, but I've still been kind of surprised with with some of the things that have happened during my candidacy. Um, probably the biggest thing that got attention um, was I think the last week of September. Um, I woke up, got my kids off to school, and then started getting texts from a lot of people. And I knew something was up because my phone was going crazy. Um, And down one street in Anderson Township, all of the um, yard signs for the Democratic candidates um, had Chinese flags um, put all around them. Um, Someone's camera had caught when this happened. It was like 2 or 2.30 in the morning. And they didn't catch enough to really see who did it, Um, just saw a car pull up and two or three people with flashlights run out and put um, Chinese flags around all of the signs. Um, And, you know, we don't know the intention or the message of what that was supposed to send. For me personally, um, I am a single mother and I've adopted three kids from China. So I took that personally, um, you know, as as a kind of insult to um, their national origin and, and a way to kind of create division among neighbors. And um, and so it was, you know, difficult for me because um, for me personally, you know, we see the Chinese flag as my kid's birth country, um, my kid's Chinese heritage. Like, we don't see that as a negative. And so figuring out how I was going to talk to my own kids about, you know, someone put these here uninvited placing those flags in the middle of the night in our yard as an insult or to create division or strife between our neighbors um, was a hard discussion to have with my kids for sure. Um, so that was that was an interesting one um, and the news picked up on that so it got you know um, it got I knew my kids would find out about it. The interesting like um, silver lining I'd say to it, um, was the amount of support, community support, we got after that happened. So um, I think, you know, I mean, well, of course, I don't like that this happened at all. Um, we know that there's people with views. We know that there's people who don't like families that look different, families, you know, created through adoption, cre- created with immig- through immigration, through um, single parents, Um children of color. I mean, there's lots of boxes we check that that some people don't like. And um, and acts like this, I feel like help us see that these people still, still exist and that these views still exist and um, remind people that don't see it daily that they still exist so that they knew to reach out and support. Um, I would say like the day after, I keep meaning to go back and count, but it was between 50 and 60, either emails, texts, phone calls, um, from people related to our schools. So like past teachers, past coaches, principals, I mean, the amount of outreach that we, I had personally making sure we were okay, making sure we knew that our family was, was accepted in the community and in our school community. Um, it really like Actually helped me remember that this is really a small minority of our community that feels this way mm-hmm.
0: and I'm sure when you're in the middle of that it it doesn't it doesn't feel small you know it doesn't feel minority um voices it feels bigger, but I'm sure that was very comforting to kind of zoom out and, yes, and hear that absolutely. support.
1: Yeah. Getting the, getting all the messages afterwards helped me remember it was a minority. I mean, it shouldn't be anybody (laughs) like even one person is too many, you know? Um, but to remember that the majority of, of the community supports us and support is inclusive. And, um, that was helpful in how our family processed it and nothing has happened since then. So, um, I don't know. I think we're on like day 11, maybe 11 more days, 12 more (laughs) days till the election. So, um, but you know, it's it's sad that that there are people that feel like that.
0: Rachel, it's um, I, I feel like uh, in politics, you know, the the, the the very definition of politics is sort of working with the tension right between different groups of people, mm-hmm. and and often you know these public issues they they will they will get down into the personal level. You know, they'll become a, a personal attack or a personal. Um, you just feel like you have to defend yourself. And, I, and I'm wondering, you had mentioned earlier about these strategies for um, working with people who have uh, strong emotions in these board meetings and, and stuff like that. What what are the strategies? How do we get someone to go from, you know, feeling angry at individuals or at or specific people and then and kind of bringing them back and, and having more productive conversations? Where-
1: yeah, um, I have a couple thoughts on that. One of my... Thoughts, which I've I've always kind of thought, but I've definitely had to live in my campaign, um, is to make sure that people are authentic. Um, and what I mean by that is that you know I'll get a lot of messages on Facebook or comments about um, about posts I make or pictures of my family um, that when I ask the person, you know, I don't want to engage back and forth over Facebook with mean memes. Like, that's just not me. So when I ask the person, like, can we have coffee and talk about your comment? Like, I want to understand if someone is unwilling to either talk on the phone or meet me for coffee, then I kind of figure it's not a person that truly wants to come together over something. It's someone who just wants to spit fire at someone. Um, So I think one thing is making sure that, that that person truly does have real concerns and isn't just kind of has a hobby of trolling people on social media. So, um, so that's my first strategy. Um, If people want to just fight is that I I'm not interested in fighting online where people can hide behind their, their keyboard. I'd like to meet in person, look at people and kind of remember the humanity in each of us and, and be able to look eye to eye. And I think people are a lot more willing to hear your opinion and willing to authentically tell their opinion when you're sitting face-to-face and you're actual people. Um, And then I think when people are willing to to meet face-to-face, which we are getting at the board meetings, you know, people are coming to those board meetings, I think regardless of of people's views or how they come across, I think the board needs to um, be very open and respectful to all opinions and be open to hearing these people's messages because I think a lot of people feel that they're not being heard. So hearing what what people are upset about and then helping kind of you know I think a lot of times when people feel that they've been heard that their voice is being respected that they can get some of the anger and the aggressiveness out and we can kind of get to a place where it's like identifying what where we want to go, what the ultimate goal is, and finding that common ground. Um, you know, I I really think if we go back far enough, um, there's a common ground we all have in relation to our school boards. So if we can get to that spot and then and then look at the different views and how we move together, the question just is is do people want to do that work that takes work, or do they want to just yell at you? You know, and so I think some people might need to vent and yell, and so you allow them to do that, but. For the people who really want to do that work and want to come together, I think that we can we can use those kind of skills to to get to a common place and then work forward together. And I think we'll be so much stronger. We have so much passion in our community and we just need to focus all that passion together in improving our school systems for our kids and rather than fighting against each other. Yeah.
0: That's a very gracious answer. <laughs> I feel like you're in the right place.
1: I hope. <laughs> And you know, just for our kids, you know, like my kids have wanted to go to school board meetings um, and have wanted to speak about some things. And, um, and I was disappointed in myself that I didn't let my daughter one year go talk because I'd been to the meetings and I'd see people yell and heckle kids. And, and as a you know, mama bear, I was like, mm, you're not going there. You can write them a letter. <laughs> um, but that's sad to me. I don't, I don't want to teach my kids not to speak up and, you know, um, I want our school boards to be a place where students can come and voice their opinions and where they're heard and respected. And um, and I think that I think we have an opportunity. Our school board has five seats and four of them are up for election. So this is really a pivotal election where we're going to change, you know, the direction, the culture, the feel of school board meetings. Um, and I think we can really change it into a positive um you know, a showcase of positive leadership and how you take different views and bring them together. Um, And, you know, I mean, it'll, I'm sure there'll be, there'll be steps forward and steps back in this process. You know, nationally, everyone's trying to figure out how to do this. Um, But I think, I think there's, there's ways that we can, and I think Forest Hills could be a a leader in how to bring a community together because we have really strong, passionate, engaged community members. We just have to have to align and, and see our commonalities.
0: You know, it's easy to get things, uh, get distracted by the, the the CRT, quote unquote, and the mask mandates, quote unquote, and vaccines and those types of things. Um, and, and I think that's unfortunate because at the end of the day, it's, it's talking points. It may have mm-hmm. begun with good intentions, but... Um, it often goes to talking points and everybody picks a side and at the end of the day it's the kids the students who lose out because really important things do not get talked about and and they are just sidelined by these things that in many ways i mean crt as as you know and many people know it's not a a course or a a curriculum that is typically taught at a high school level Um, and so it's not even really an issue in many ways And this pandemic hopefully will one day be gone and we won't be talking about masks. Um, And there will be other things that that will still be big issues of equity of, uh, you know, the people who are the kids who are falling through the cracks, um, education standards and testing, um, you know, bullying, um, you know, uh, mental health, suicide, um, all the social determinants of health that um, set children up for success or failure, um, when they come to school each morning. So, you know, what are some of those values, you know, rising above the the current issues of CRT and masks and, and, and vaccines? What are some of the things that you really, at the end of the day, you hope you can make a difference in and, uh, provide for a, a better, more just school district?
1: Oh, I love that question. Um, on kind of a side story about that, we had our um, PTO and PTAs put together a big Meet the Candidates night where um, all the candidates were invited to come and they asked us questions. I think it went on for like two and a half hours um, and it was on YouTube. And and that was kind of my closing is exactly what you said um, was, you know, it was great to hear everybody's thoughts on CRT, thought, which isn't happening in our schools, um, thoughts on masking, thoughts on COVID. Um you know, it's important to know where the candidates stand on those issues, but those aren't going to be the issues that these candidates that we're electing today are dealing with in four years. And so, yes, we need to know how they're going to handle today and tomorrow's um, issues, but we need to know that whoever is steering the ship of our school district can navigate any kind of water. And so we need to look at their values, their skills, their experience, their brains, their heart, and make sure that this is someone that you would want steering the ship, whatever whatever we we come across, um, you know the people that we elected four years ago, we never knew they'd be navigating us through a global pandemic. I mean, so yes, the immediate issues are important to ask about, um, but I love that you're asking this because this is really, really what people have to look at. And if people are voting on this person wants masks or doesn't, you know, that's hopefully only going to impact us this school year. Um, and and we have to have to have people that have more depth in their in their knowledge and in their skill base. So I love the question. <laughs> um, for me, you know, being a nurse and a child advocate, I think my probably biggest um, personal uh, priority that I want to bring to the school is um, looking at our mental wel- wellness of our children and our students um, and even our staff. I mean, honestly, our Kids and our staff have gone through um, a really traumatic couple years, um, and people might not feel that. You know, I can see lots of parallels between my work as a nurse leader, and you know, right now our nurses are just working through the day to get through each day and to get through this next surge and to make it through. But once this pandemic is gone, we have gone through trauma, and we've gone through trauma as a group, and and how that's gonna. Manifest in a year or two. I'm really interested to see. I'm hoping that we can support our nurses and bring resilience and and grow from this and become stronger and not hit a place of burnout. But these same things I worry about about our teachers. You know, they are holding together in the middle of crisis to get through these couple of years. Um, but what is what is the manifestation of of what these years have brought in the next couple of years? And I hope that we can have boards that really support our teachers in their mental health. Um, and mental wellness and support our kids um, who've had a stressful couple of years. Um, We definitely have had, um, you know, issues with bullying, issues um, with suicide attempts and completions in our district. Um, I've heard from uh, families of children of color. I've heard from families of um, children in the LGBTQ community that are feeling excluded at school. Um, So I really think we need to um, support our kids' mental wellness, make sure our schools are inclusive um, and safe for all students. You know, brain science, we know kids learn better when they're safe and included, they're able to learn. Um, So it all comes back to the best way to give quality education. And that is having kids feel engaged, included, part of the school, wanting to come to school, Um, And and in that way, they're really able to learn and at the highest of their potential teachers when they're engaged and included and feel part of the school are able to teach at the highest of their potential. So it's really creating that culture of mental wellness, um, you know, making sure our schools have the resources through on-site counselors, um, making sure our teachers and counselors have the training um, to be able to identify, you know, crisis and know how to intervene, um, making sure that we are proactively having conversations about mental wellness and normalizing the discussion around it. Um, and really, you know, those are skills that are will support our kids their entire life and will really create a community that that is mentally and emotionally strong. Um, so, you know, it all comes back to having good education but also creating good people and and helping develop the next generation to um, have skills to go out in the global world and be strong, smart, uh, productive people.
0: Beautiful. Well, what a great way to end our conversation. And if you are living in the Forest Hills uh, area, school district, and have an opportunity to... Vote for that school board. Do check out Rachel's website at rachelbakerforschoolboard dot com, and in uh, whatever school district you are in. I think this is a very important school uh, election, school board election. I know the school district that I am in also has five seats, and three of them are up for grabs. And so there are going to be major changes, and it is so incredibly important. Um, I've been to lots of school board meetings, and most of the time there are only three or four people there in the audience uh, until something big happens, and then everybody shows up. Um, But that's really where the the work happens, where the really important um, discussions are had. So, Rachel, thank you so much for being courageous enough to run for a political office and put your name out there. Um, I'm sorry for the challenges that your family has had, uh, but it sounds like you have uh, handled them with grace, and I'm sure they have brought up good conversations with your family. And uh, thank you for your work as a nurse uh, and uh, being out there on the front lines and managing uh, staff out there on the front lines. Um, So thank you so much for taking your time today to talk with us and how you're hoping to bring about a more just school board. So thank you so much, Rachel.
1: Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Thank you very much, Rachel. It's very
1: encouraging. Great. Thanks.
0: If you enjoyed our podcast today, we'd so very much appreciate you subscribing, reviewing, and sharing our podcast. This will help more people find us and join the movement. And if you're able to support this podcast and the work we do, please head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Cincinnati. We're grateful for your support in amplifying the voices of those bringing about a more just Cincinnati. Our theme music for Just Cincinnati was generously provided by the internationally renowned but locally based singer and songwriter Kim Taylor. More of her intimate and folksy music can be found on her website at kim-taylor.net or wherever quality music is streamed.